0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.
1: For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message.
0: But uh, anyway, man, it's good to see everybody here. I think it was raining a while ago. I mean, what the sun was shining, wasn't it? When we came in and then it just poured down. I think it's prophetic. You know? Yeah, Josh said, no, that was pathetic, because our pins are deep, and them bulls are in mud. <laughs> but uh, man, God's good, y'all. And I tell you what I'm excited about today, and not, not only what just happened, but uh, Ashley is coming up here, and he's going to speak, and he's from uh, uh, Missouri, from Branson, Missouri, And uh, Ashley, we, we've met Ashley years ago at Christian Ministries Conference, him and his wife, Michelle, and, and Wendy had just brought this uh, camouflage t-shirt and, uh, and it, it had what, I, I shop and he hunts or something. Yeah, he hunts, I shop and, and, uh, and she just, I mean, felt led to, to bless Michelle and, and really didn't know Ashley was a, a deer hunter, you know. And, and in a relationship over the years, Ashley was sponsored by Matthew's bows, and they still send him a bow. I've been trying to talk him out of one. And so, <laughs> but uh, Ashley, he's he they had TV shows. He's traveled all over singing. He was in a... Uh, and a singing and traveled all over, lived in buses. So we had a lot in common far as traveling and hunting, and uh, and we've just become friends over the years. And I'm telling you right now, it's it's a uh, refreshing to see a guy that that has your same interests and does what you do, but loves Jesus and has a powerful word all the time and usually he's got props and Kobe Trent come in and said hey you got any props going on because you Kobe knows he's set through Kobe even tell you about his props and still preach them that's how powerful them props are and I remember I remember he took a puzzle and poured it out on a table and and talked about that puzzle and I mean I remember all them in homes is a prop man you inspired Kent over there. to Every time Kent preaches, he's got props, you know. And, and so we always have, and usually Kent's props go awry. You know, I mean, something <laughs> happens, you know. And so and we're always like, Kent, what your prop is, you know. We got to get everybody in place for his props, you know. But uh, they're powerful, you know. And uh, I'm kind of sad we ain't got no props today. But uh, I'm telling you right now, y'all hang on. Get ready. Y'all honor Ashley as he comes.
1: I don't know. I was told once if you hit a leak it won't swell. Right. So still praying for that to be the case. So Man, we've already been to church. I just love being in church. I can't ever wait for, I'm sorry, I just, just can't ever wait for Sunday morning. It's every week. I just, I never grow tired of being in the presence of the Lord. And it's just something that happens. It's not that you can't do that on Monday morning, but when you're around God's people and you're just enjoying his presence together. Oh man, I just love it. We go on vacation and, and I just, we'll find a church somewhere on Sunday morning. If we're on vacation, we're not close to home, and I'm not ministering or speaking somewhere, we'll just go in. And I, I just can't wait to meet new people. I—I I, I, Here's what, there's too many people here for me to meet everybody this morning. But hi, I'm Ashley, and it's nice to meet you. <laughs> so um, I really would, I, I, I would love to just sit down with every one of you over lunch, get to know you. There's just something about a relationship that is important to me. And I, 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 love, I love being around people and hearing what God's doing in your life. And you know what was really cool this morning is I got to see that. I got to see people enjoying his presence and seeing that he's real to you. Yeah. He's real. And here's what's really even more cool. Everything that has been sung and said this morning is what I'm going to talk about. It, <laughs> Is that the way he does it. Yes, it is. I just want to. I think. Did I send you my notes? And just. Every First Samuel chapter thirteen, verse twenty-two. As you're turning there, or you watching on the screen. Let me just tell you, we love Pastor David and Wendy. I, I I liked him first because he was a real man's man. He he just he was genuinely all man. And what makes him a man's man to me was that you could see he loved Jesus more than anything else that was just I've seen that in him every time I've been around him, and they are givers. I mean the biggest argument we've had all week is who's paying and for dinner or who's I mean, it's just been our biggest thing. every time we go somewhere uh, he, he says here's what he said he said, "You're in my town I'm paying." <laughs> They're just givers. We walk into our room and they have a basket for us. We came for your grand opening to this building. And I, I remember how exciting that was. I was here before this was a building here and it was just a slab. And I watched Pastor David stand right down here. And, and I, I've got a picture of him. I wish I'd have brought that. It just now hit me. But I've got a picture of him standing somewhere in this vicinity on this slab and it was a light that shone down Right on, I've got a picture of it, and this light's coming down right on him standing right here. It was just like God saying, this is my anointed one for this hour. And I want you to know I take this position very seriously that I'm standing in the anointed one's place this morning delivering the word of God. And I take that very, very seriously. So this is an appointed time and an appointed hour, and I believe that God has something for you today if you want it. You don't have to take it, but I believe he's got something for you. Yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 22. So on the day of the battle, none of the people of Israel, now those, those people of Israel, you could just put in little quotations, the soldiers, the battles were inside. On the day of battle, none of the soldiers had a sword or a spear, except for Saul and Jonathan. Now, Saul and Jonathan had a sword and spear, but they've got a whole bunch of other soldiers out there with them without a a spear and without a sword. And and I I want you to know the Philistines were very strategic. David's already talked about this. Our sword and spear, an important thing that you're going to have if you're going into battle. An important thing. But the Philistines were strategic now. They kept the Israelites from having a blacksmith. So you read this scripture, and this scripture is setting up everything we're talking about today. They would permit no one to work with iron. They wouldn't allow them to operate in Israel. They didn't want them making swords and spears and letting the Israelites have those weapons. Now, now they, didn't, they, they didn't mean that they didn't have weapons. They had weapons, but they didn't have a sword and a spear. See, they had bows and arrows now, I'm a bow and arrow guy. I like a bow and arrow. I mean, that's just kind of me. And so they had that and they had a slingshot and they were good with those. I'm talking about deadly. They can hit a fly on an apple. Yeah. They, they knew, I mean, you know the story of David and the slingshot. I mean, he can, he can handle that thing and he was deadly with it. But there came a time when a slingshot or a bow and arrow were not effective in battle. See, in battle, sometimes you're so close to the enemy or the enemy's so close to you that you can't pull it back and you can't swing that slingshot. Man, that's good. Yeah. So the battle as it would change and the army that was against you kept coming, eventually they were too close in range for you to use the tools that the Israelites had. Wow, a club or a stick, see, was no match to someone carrying a sword. And so a club and a stick didn't match and they didn't have a blacksmith to make them. And so the Philistines didn't want them to have access to a blacksmith. Do you get the whole story here? I I want you to get the picture of this verse. On the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or a spear. And there's close battle going on. I want you to know that everyone has battles in your life. Now this morning we we were waging war. That's what we were doing. I mean, we've, we've already done that. And what we were trying to do, and Jack was trying to get you to see this as he was leading worship this morning. There are tools for battle. Amen. There are tools for battle. You got to know that there. There are tools that you've got to use, and you need to understand those tools. In, in the natural world, are natural, but it, there are spiritual tools for battle. When we fight against spirits, and we need to know how to use the tools that God has given us against the spiritual right. enemies. Now I, I just want to make a statement here. It's the tool that makes contact with the enemy. That's right. It's the know. tool. Yeah, now you may not get that yet, but before I get right. done, prayerfully you will. When I go to saw a board, now I could have had this illustration, but it would have been, so can you imagine this illustration with me? When I go to saw a board, I, 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 I draw a line on the board and then, then I don't use my hand and my nails to try to saw that board. I take a tool and, and you power it up either with a battery or an extension cord and I'm plugged into a power source and I take that and to finish the job of sawing that board, I use the tool. Now, it may be that I'm needing to tighten a bolt or a nut on a bolt. And if I was to tighten that nut on a bolt, I can do it so far with my hand, but then I gotta grab a wrench, and that wrench has to finish the job to get it where it needs to be, and so my hand can't do what the tool can do. I can only use my hand so far, then it's the tool. See, I'm putting the tool between me and the thing I'm needing to beat or to conquer. When we get into a battle, we gotta learn not to contact our enemy with our feelings. It's not important that you connect your feelings when you have fear. Now, fear has two elements. I'm just gonna go through some things real quick this morning but I know you're going to get this because this is really important and I think it will make a difference in your life. Fear has two elements and you've got to separate them. There's feelings of fear and then there is effects of fear. See, there's a feeling of fear and then there's the effects of fear. Feelings of fear you can overcome, but you can't overcome and have victory when you succumb to the effect of fear. Wow. Now, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3, you can't win a victory if you succumb to the effect of fear. That's good. 2 Corinthians 10 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You can write that word down, strongholds. Our warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me, let me give you one, two, three here. Paul, he, he, uh, he told us about a process here that Satan tries to use to get into your life. See, ca- Satan, what he does, he comes with a passing thought. It's a passing thought. and The thought itself is not evil. It's just a passing thought that should pass right through. And, and what he's doing is with that passing thought, he he watches to see if you grab that passing thought. Come on, that's good. Yep. That's right. And then he comes with another thought. And, and that thought contradicts the word of God, but he sees if you'll grab it. That's it. Yep. He, he's passing it by again, but it contradicts it. And finally, what happens is, is, you're not resisting these thoughts that the enemy's throwing right out in front of you. And then he comes at you with an imagination of what could happen with the thought that you grabbed. See, once the imagination is accepted and you start dreaming about what could happen, or or let me just use what's already been preached, you start only looking at one, two, three, and four, and you forgot zero, That was a passing thought that you grabbed and, okay, well, I think I'll take one. I think I'll take two. And what he happened, what he does through this imagination, once you accept it, then it becomes a stronghold. Go back to verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The weapon, the tool, that's what's going to pull down that stronghold that... Strongholds are something that happened to all of us. And, and, it, and it tries to hang on and it tries, it's a sickening feeling that something happens that reminds you of this thought that you grabbed. I mean, you're bit by a dog at a young age and then you have a dog come over and start growling around you. See, that stronghold comes up. You're thrown off a horse. I just want you to know, I was I was going to learn how to rope steers. I mean, I... I and I bought a, a horse that was bred just for this. And I get on it, and I, I wasn't told that they hadn't already finished it. They just said it's bred for it. Well, I thought that means it'll work. So we back into this stall and have the steer there. I, I do the nod. I've, I've practiced with the rope on a dummy, and I'm good with that. That steer runs out, and that horse kind of does this little buck a little bit, you know, kind of with the front, not buck, but a front end. He's he's lunging. And I'm like, I got it. And I start throwing that, and his head goes around and looks at the rope, doesn't look at the steer. And I'm throwing the rope, and all of a sudden, he's bunny hopping. And then it becomes a full-blown buck, in my opinion. My kid said he didn't hardly do anything. But I'm like, I'm bailing. I'm not a bronc rider here. And i Now, every time I get on a horse and it just starts to go like this, I'm like, stronghold. (laughs) See, something happens that reminds you of what that passing thought that went through you grabbed a hold of, and it's a stronghold, a horrible relationship. I can't get into a relationship again because here's what happened last time. You name it. Your blood pressure goes up when you get around that thing again that got a stronghold in you. See, Satan loves to develop strongholds in our minds. And sometimes we give in to those strongholds. We face certain situations. My wife is not a fan of snakes. I get that. It's the, snakes are not a good thing. They're, they're not. And, and there are some good snakes and bad snakes. He goes, that's not true. She has a stronghold, and I'm praying that she'll hear some of what I'm talking about today. See, it's, it's this default of, of the original attack that we go back to and things will remind us of it. Strongholds. Some of us have anger issues. And when certain things come our way, we let it go and we lose our anger. See, see, Satan has a stronghold in that area and he uses it against us and he beats us with it. Strongholds, I want you to know, are not up here in the air somewhere. They're in your head. That's right. yeah. Now we've got to see that the devil, the enemy has a stronghold. You don't have a weakness. People will say, I have a weakness with my temper. A weakness is like a pet, and you just pet it. You just pet it. I mean, I just have a weakness here. I just get mad over time, and I can't help it. No, you're petting that thing. You don't have a weakness. The enemy has a stronghold. You've got to see the difference here. I I just shut up, and I don't say anything. You're petting it. Your stronghold has become your pet. It's not a weakness, it's a stronghold. And when you know that, you realize that it's something foreign and it's not what you're supposed to be. Come on, that's good. That's you good. start seeing it as a stronghold and then you can tear it down. Yeah. We've got to talk through some of this. See, God has given us tools to tear down those strongholds. Now, the second step he's trying to get us with is he gives us a thought that's contradictory to the Word of God. And we've got to learn to use our weapons. 1 Samuel 13, 22, on the day of battle, none of the people of Israel, none of the soldiers, had a sword or a spear. Now, these are what we call close contact weapons. A sword or a spear. You don't throw them. The enemy's plan is, if you don't have them, when you're close, he can win. See, Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, you've heard message after message about this, but he says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. The schemes of the devil. Let me give you another word, the trickeries of the devil. The devil has tricks. Now, the, the best sports teams out there will develop tricks so that they can conquer others' In the areas that they're weak in. I, we have a basketball team. We have a Christian school at our church. And, and, and we have a basketball team. And, I, and we've won state the last two years. They're just, these, these young people are phenomenal. I mean, they're, they're just great. But, but here's the thing For they, they were on their way up to getting really, really good. And they kept getting whooped because they were small. Everybody they'd play had people on their team that could dunk the ball. We can't even reach the rim. I mean, they'd jump and jump, and they'd go this high. I mean, they just, we can't jump. I don't, I don't know what it is. We just can't do it. And what would happen is, is we just kept getting whooped and and, and getting beat by people because everybody's taller than us. We can handle the ball, and here's what we found out. We can shoot three-pointers. We're pretty good at three-point shooting. In fact, we hold some pretty major records in the three-point department. And so what we did is we found out a way to beat all these teams that were bigger than us because that was our area of weakness. And what we do is we drive the lane and we get right down there in the middle and then they'd take the ball and they'd throw it back out to one of our guys that was standing right at the three-point line and we'd nail it. Three points are more than two. So for every time they dunk it, we just shoot a three-pointer. What we found out is we were weak in an area they were strong in. I get that, but we found a way to trick them. What I'm telling you is you're stronger than the enemy. In the power of Jesus, you're stronger than the enemy. All he's got is tricks. That's all he's got. So he's tricking us into defeat. And I don't like that. I like it when our team tricks, but I don't like it when the enemy tricks God's people into being defeated we didn't have the height we didn't have the size we didn't have the jumping ability to beat him and when the beat when, when when we get beat by the enemy you need to understand he's only beating you through trickery Good point. and it should encourage you it tells us that he can't just run right over us he's got to trick you to win Man. Hmm. That's right. He's not as strong as we are. He doesn't have as much power as we have. He's not plugged into the right source. He's not on the same level. He gets us to fight against ourselves by tricking us. You've got to resist the trickery. Ephesians six seventeen. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It says the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Now that's an important thing for you to know. He's talking about the whole Bible. Now, a really important point here. you got to get this. He says the logos. Now that's the, the, the understanding of this in the Greek, the logos. But it, 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 you, you got that word logos and there's also rhema. And all of it is translated into English just as the word. Yeah. But in the original text, it, it's two different things here. And it doesn't say Logos, because Logos is the whole Bible, but it says Rhema. What does Rhema mean? It means the spoken word. The Word of God is not a sword until it comes out of your mouth. It's important that you know that. When you start speaking the Word of God, it turns into a sword. And it causes Satan great pain. And when you're using the word of God, some demon or devil is suffering as a result. And you just need to know that. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, which means you can't see them. See, carnality, you can see it. So our weapons aren't carnal, but mighty, they're big, they're great. In God for pulling down strongholds. Is this all starting to make sense to you? All right. Because I can just teach a little more on it here. Everybody with me? All right, so you have, you have a tool. you got to trust your tool. you got to trust your tools. I'm going to saw this board with my hand and just use my fingernails as, as the teeth. That, that's just ignorant. There's nothing smart about that. And we, we want to trust in ourselves and our own abilities to do something that God gave us tools to do. Here's what I found in a lot of churches. The more enthusiastic you get, the more you think that that's gonna work for you. Come on. Enthusiasm is still in and of yourself. Yeah. Now it's a good place to be and it's fun to be enthusiastic. And if you were to walk by someone who's putting a roof on a building and they're, a roofing company is there and they have a bunch of guys out there and they're nailing these shingles on the roof by hand. And you said, hey, great job, guys. Y'all are doing wonderful. That's just really amazing. You're doing a great job. And they're like, well, thanks, thanks, thanks. And you walk on and then you come by another day. You said, man, you guys are knocking it out. Great job. That's, you're doing great. Yeah, that's great. About the fourth or fifth day you do that, they're going to be like, good grief, here comes that goofball again. (laughs) But if that day you walk by, you come in and say, hey guys, y'all are nailing all these things by hand. I got something for you. I got an air tool and a compressor. I got a bunch of nails. and I wanted to give you something that I think would make your job a little faster. All of a sudden, your tool became way more important than your enthusiasm. Right. Wow, that's good. We are not understanding the power of the tools that God gave us. And I, I just want you to see, see, a tool's way better than enthusiasm. Saul and Jonathan, one of these guys on their team, but none of them had a sword or a spear. I want you on the team of the kingdom and you got to know that a sword and spear are important. Yeah. The enemy took away the blacksmith. So what do we do? We got to figure out how to get that tool in our hand. See, in Ephesians six eighteen, it says, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Supplication means the act of asking. So you pray yeah. with all your prayer and your asking, your, your act of asking in the Spirit. When talk, Paul, he talks about the armor of God, many theologians believe that there were seven pieces a soldier had on them. Now you hear this story all the time, and I'm not going to go back and re-preach it, but in Ephesians 6.13, take up the whole armor of God. You hear this, the belt of truth. I mean, I, I I like the breastplate of righteousness, the shot in your feet with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. I'll never forget David at the ministries conference this year. Uh, David Hilton was speaking and he said, we got the helmet of salvation in the church now, but we're butt naked everywhere else. I mean, I'll never forget him saying that. We are, we got the helmet of salvation. Now, the sword of the spirit, we get that. But in verse 18... It says that they should use a spear. And you don't hear that in this story a lot. It talks about the sword of the Spirit, but then it talks about a spear. Praying in the Spirit would be a spear that you could operate with. See, all soldiers had a spear. And there were many different types of spears. There were spears to stop a cavalry charge. There were spears to use in hand-to-hand combat. There were spears used to jab someone and, and, and throw it in close contact. Right? They say that it's a picture of the different types of prayers that we have. And I, I'm just talking about some different theologians that I've read, and I thought, that's powerful. That's powerful. The prayer of faith. When you know the word of God and you know what it's saying and you're praying in faith, you know the prayer of faith. The prayer of consecration, not knowing what God's will is, but praying, putting yourself into the position to receive the blessings of God. The prayer of binding and loosing. We talked about this this morning. We're and intercede for someone. I mean, we've got all of these prayers talking about in the name of Jesus. Well, that's what a spear does. Now, that's just the name a few. I go on and on. But two. Of the close encounter weapons that they used was a sword and a spear. The spoken word of God and your prayer. The spoken word of God and your prayer. When fear comes at you, I want you to know fear is a close encounter battle. It's a close encounter battle. The fight is close and it's right in your mind. And when he comes with bad thoughts, we have these bad feelings. You get a bad feeling. And a lot of people think that a battle is over when you get a bad feeling and you give up. I mean, they're just giving into the effect of fear. Did you get the elements of fear? I'm just keep coming back and talking about what we've already talked about. They could have overcome the feeling of fear, but they don't know how to resist the effect of fear. Satan wants you to quit because he doesn't want to fight you. Yeah, that's good. He wants you to give up because if the battle is fought, he loses. Man, that's that's good. Good. That's right. So he gets you to give up before the fight because we don't have our tools or we don't think we do. Yeah. Let me just go on record to say he is not a roaring lion. He walks about as a roaring lion. He's full of bluster and big talking tricks, but he can be overcame. See, the spoken word is devastating to fearful thoughts, feelings. Sometimes when you get in a battle, you can't beat the enemy with one jab, so you continue to use the spoken word in prayer. Now, you you all know this because you know the power of words. So, I'm not here preaching on the power of words, but when you get into battle, some uh, don't, don't understand the power that you really possess with your mouth. Yeah. Ephesians 6 says that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. Yeah. Yeah. Not every day is evil, right. everybody knows that. Not every day, but there are some really evil days. And in the evil days, there is time uh, to you to take an understanding that there is a win still available in the evil day. Over the last two years, I want you to know there's been some evil days in my family. And I I just, I had to learn how to operate in the evil days because they they were happening. We used to have a camp on our ranch uh, up until this pandemic thing hit last year. And, and I know that, that it's, it was modeled after Brook Hill Ranch, and we called it Byler Ranch, Byler Ranch Camp. Now we send all our kids to Brook Hill. They endured the pandemic. We we said, Brook Hill's got it, let's just go there. I know y'all send a bunch to Brook Hill, and they're awesome. And so, but a couple of years ago, our kids were running Byler Ranch. We have two daughters and uh, my son in laws. And they were, they were running the camp. This is a couple years ago. And my daughter, in this sack race, you know, they put these sacks over you and you run. You ever done this? It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> well, in this sack race, one of the kids got a little out of line, and he was bigger than my daughter and ran into her. And anyway, she whatever happened in this thing, it was a bad deal and she gets to go to the emergency room, just in major pain, and I'm like, you know, when you see your child, I don't care how old they are, in pain, it hurts you. Yeah. And I remember my daughter going to the emergency room and she's up there and she's in this horrible pain and, and what's going on with her? And we don't know what's going on. Well, while I'm up at the hospital, camp's going on, and we're, we're up there at the hospital, and I'm like, hmm. I get up there to find out, because I'm trying to get there as quick as I can, take care of camp stuff, my wife's there with her, And so she gets released, and she hands me in the waiting room. I'm like, you're released, let's go home. She goes, hold on, Dad. And we go to this waiting room, and my daughter hands me this note. And in the hospital, we're in the hospital, she says, you're gonna be a grandpa. That's not why we came to the hospital. No, we're not up here for that, but there is an issue that was going on and all this stuff going to the hospital and emergency and we don't know what's going on. She goes to the hospital for this. She goes to the hospital. For, I'm like, at what grief, what's going on? She's pregnant. Oh, so it's not, she's got this pain and oh no, it's not that, it's she's pregnant. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm, my, 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 all of these thoughts are like, I'm wanting to cry, happy because she's getting out and now she's pregnant and I'm like, I don't know what to cry about. But I'm gonna be a grandpa. I'm too young to be a grandpa. I mean, all these thoughts. So we're into pregnancy now, and she gets diagnosed with preeclampsia. My like, God, this is not good. You know what preeclampsia is? I, I didn't know what it was. It's high blood pressure in pregnancy, and I, she gets bed rest. And if the pregnancy, Google is not your friend. I just want you to know that. Don't Google preeclampsia. Right. I did. I Googled this, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. She's on bed rest, and every time I go to her house, baby, how are you? Are you okay? And I'd be asking her what her last blood pressure reading, Dad, I haven't taken it. I don't want to know. You need to know. Take your blood pressure. We got to find out. It'd be rising, and we'd go back to the hospital. We're back to the hospital. We're back and forth, and It's tough. Watching your daughter deal with something that over time you know can cause harm not only to her but this grandbaby. And you read a story you hadn't should have read. You had not, had, <laughs> I shouldn't have read it. Satan would fire negative thoughts at me And my mind would be grabbing them and I'd be nonstop grabbing these. And when I was alone, tears would well up in my eyes and I'd just start crying and I didn't tell anybody and I was having horrible thoughts. My wife and I weren't even talking about it. You know, we just didn't want to talk about what was going on with our daughter. And I mean, either to Tristan or this baby that was growing on the inside of her, could die, And I'm just like, oh, I don't want that thought. I don't want that thought. I don't know how to handle it. And I, I, I how am I supposed to comfort my daughter with this if? Yeah. This little if. It was a battle, I'm telling you, for me. It was a battle. And, I, and it seems that those thoughts would come, as those thoughts would come into me, it, he was flying them right through my head. And as these thoughts would come, God would... Allow me in his great goodness to have a Bible verse. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Father, in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against. See, Romans 8, 28, I know that God works all things out for his good. For good, for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, I knew my daughter loved him. I knew that I loved him. And there was a call in our lives, and I knew that Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. Yeah. See, that his plans are good. God declared them prosperous and for us to have a hope, for us to have a future. And I knew that God had that for us. Matthew 21, 22, Whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive if you have faith. God, I have faith. I'm believing. I would pray these things and then I'd no more get the word out of my mouth and that thought would come right back. How do you get rid of that stinking thought? And it would just overwhelm me and I'd feel good for a few minutes, even maybe seconds, and then the thoughts would rep- return. And I'd go in and pray. And I'd pray over her and I'd quote scripture over her and I'd continue to pray these verses over her. I'd pray them in my office and I'd start crying and I'd pray them again. And I didn't tell anyone this. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't want anyone to know I was shook. I'm pastor of the church. I preach this stuff all the time. I can't tell anybody I'm shook. I don't, how can I be? And and what I want you to know, it was my feelings that were shook. But I just didn't realize it. Maybe somebody here needs to hear that today. It's your feelings that are shook, but I wasn't shook. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. See, you, you you can choose not to be shook, although you may have the feelings of fear. You're not succumbing to the effects yeah, that's good. of fear. See, I, I, I'm going to let I'm going to let the word of God be what I succumb to. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to let a fear thought, rule me. Satan wants to get in your heart and if he gets in your heart, he wins. Yeah. That's what you gotta know. If he gets in your heart, he wins. Your faith is no effect if he gets there. Mark eleven twenty three. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, come on, y'all know this scripture, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. In your heart. Church, he wants your heart. That's what he wants. You can doubt in your mind. Everyone gets doubt in their mind. So you need to know that. Everybody gets that. I didn't have him in my heart. How do I know that? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There was no doubt in my mouth. That's That's why it's important you not, not let something come out of your mouth. It's out of the abundance of your heart your mouth speaks. See, those who believe those things which you say, you'll have what you say. Not what you feel. Boy, I just feel this. I just feel this. Well, You're not going to have what you feel unless you succumb to the effect of it. You're going to have what you say. He didn't say you'd have whatever you feel. He didn't say you'll have what you believe. You believe in your heart and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Sometimes I don't know if I'm believing or not. I think I am. How do do I know that I'm believing? I can't control that, but I can control what I say. I can control what comes out of my mouth. It was a battle the whole time and I just had to keep this mouth going. I was on auto auto bab. (laughs) I, I just, on auto, that's what I was. I was jabbing with my spear. See, I was jabbing with my spear. I was praying in the spirit. I was just praying. I was believing God. How was I believing? Because of what was coming out of my mouth. That's good. That was what the abundance of my heart was. That's how you fight. That's how you fight. And what I'm telling you is at the door of the hospital, the day that my daughter went in, I'm still fighting this fear. I didn't know what was going on. And I remember laying there just on the ground. Oh, God. And my my wife is right beneath me at one point, and we're standing there. And I'm laying hands on her. And I remember hearing that first cry. That first cry. God, you're so good. Thank you that I had what came out of my mouth. You can have what you say. That's right. You'll live, you'll not die. You're gonna have what you say. Let me just show you a picture two years later. That's Brooklyn. You have what you say. Yeah. Good. When I say the word, I'm bringing the Rama. the spoken word it's and it's a sword and it's for close contact with the enemy come on who's had some close contact with the enemy oh, yeah, better watch what you're saying get that spear out pray in the spirit so Satan has to ride the elevator through your head <laughs> through your heart to your mouth See, he can't, he can't get to my heart because he's got to go from here to here to get to here And when he gets to my mouth, he can't have access here. A lot of people getting caught up with what's right here. We surrendered our life to Jesus. And therefore, it changes what we say. Because it changes what you say, there's a protection over that heart. Praise God. Somebody needs to hold on today. You can win. You can win. We already did some battle this morning. We already did some battle. A lot of people want to answer the question why. I don't know why. I think maybe it has something to do with the fact that we, we have two arms and legs and we're three part beings and we happen to look like God and the enemy hates us. I don't know why, but I know how to win. I know how to win because God outlined it in his word and it's made a difference in my life. And every day I get to take Brooklyn and we go feed the cows together. That's what We do. Pawpaw, Papa, I miss you. They've been sending me little messages. I mean, they know how to get to my heart now. <sighs> how do they get into my heart? Because the words of my mouth. The words of my mouth. Be careful what you say. Come on, you use the tools. The tools God gave you. Y'all get anything out of that today? Yes. Praise the Lord, would you stand with me? Just bow your heads just for a moment.
0: Man, that's
1: so good. good job, man. Today, somebody, Pastor, I needed that tool. I've, I've heard all of that, but today it just made sense for me. Is there anybody here today? Man. Thank you, Lord. God, you see these hands. I'm praying your blessing over them. God, I'm speaking right now out of the abundance of my heart. And the heart is full of your word. God, I'm praying right now your blessing be upon your people that are going to use your tools, not just today in a service, but they're going to get up tomorrow and they're going to use that tool. Those tears may come. Those thoughts are going to fly through. We're not going to grab a hold of them. They're strongholds. They're not ours. In Jesus' name, they're delivered today. Father, I thank you for what you've done in this place, what you're doing in this place, and I give you honor. I give you glory. And I'm going to thank you for the tools that you made available for your people. God, I praise you. I thank you. God, I thank you in my life for Brooklyn. And I thank you for all the Brooklyns out here. I thank you for all of the young children, God, that are still coming. They're on their way. Lord, I thank you for there's there's someone right now struggling, believing God. They're believing you right now. Come on. It's good. Thank you. You fill in the blank. Somebody's wanting to have a baby. God, I'm thanking you for the words of their mouth will continue to be what you said. God, I'm thanking you for a marriage right now that there's somebody in here believing for their marriage and nobody even knows what they're dealing with. They've kept it quiet. They're going into their closet and they're crying. And God, I'm thanking you right now for deliverance. Yes, Lord, thank you. He loves you today. And he's giving you tools for the battle. He's giving you tools for the battle. Let's go use them. And I'll give you praise for it in Jesus'
0: name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Man, golly. You know, and that's, wow, so practical. Man, so practical. We needed... We need practical words, something that makes the Bible relevant for our everyday life. And and that's what we've missed over the years. We've learned how to hype, but we just haven't learned how to make it practical. We've learned how to put uh, restrictions on people to try to make them more holy, but we haven't learned how to build them up instead of hype them up. Thank you, Ashley. Because I'm telling you, we were built up today. That's what the Word of God is meant to do. It's yes. to build us up. Wow, that's so good. Well, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. Uh, man, we're going to bless Ashley and Michelle and their ministry. And I, I'm definitely uh, a believer in sowing in and uh, to, to, to the Word, man. I, I, I mean, because I'm telling you right now, I, I want to sow seed into this ministry because I want to uh, I, I reap. I, I want that word that he spoke today to be something that I, I want to harvest from it. And, and I'm telling you, whatever you're believing for too, I'm telling you, it's a principle of God. It's just a simple principle of God, sowing and reaping. And, and Jesus said, if you receive a prophet, you'll get the prophet's reward. I'm telling you, I received that word today. You know, because I'm telling you, we go by, we don't, that's one thing I've, I've learned that God, why God called us is because rodeoing, you didn't go by feelings. You didn't, you didn't rodeo because you felt good you know, there's always an ache or a pain or a sacrifice to do what you love to do. I'm telling you right now, there's always a sacrifice. And so you're always having to battle that to do that, what you really love to do. The woman with the blood disorder, she had to put aside custom and shame and rejection to get to Jesus, to get a healing Come on, she had to push through that customs of, of I'm unclean, I'm unclean." No, she had to put all that aside and she went through the crowd to get to him. and then she was healed. So I'm telling you there is a step that we do take. And so I just want to take that step and if you need a tithing off an envelope no, we need to know, in the bag, yeah. yes. Yes, if you put it, that's a good, thanks, Clay. If, when you put it in that box, put Ashley on there, and then we can separate that. But, uh, but anyway, we're going to sew into this ministry, and so I, I just think it's great. Big Jim, you fixing to touch a monkey or what? No, I just, I just, <laughs> just want to say the difference in what you got today is you got equipped you didn't get a helmet of salvation. You know, like David said, we got the helmet. We need the sword. We need the spear because that's how we battle. Yes. Man, that's good. Yep, that's good. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you. We thank you for this day. Lord, we just seal this word. Lord, we pray that the enemy doesn't rob us of this word, but Father, that we can take it out of here and apply it. And we just plead the blood of Jesus over this word here today over the healings that's taking place here today. Father, I thank you right now that when the enemy tries to pass those thoughts, that we take them captive. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout in this place. Thank you for listening to the DCC
1: Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.